Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I'm Hank Sveck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature and a honeybee sanctuary, and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. So a few days ago, I was out <clears throat> checking the hives and... Um, I was able to take some videos of the front entrance of uh, a hive that was in an eight-framer um, that was a swarm from a swarm hive we had, uh, had chose to stay over. So as I was looking at the video, and I sort of left the camera running when I went out and looked at some other things and came back, and I had about 20 minutes or 19 minutes of video. So then when I started looking at the video, I noticed there were a number of times the bees were carrying out these little tiny objects that looked like mites. Now, I don't know if they were mites or not. So what I did is I, I cut and pasted. There were some nine incidents I think I got where the bees were taking it out. And I slowed it down on the YouTube channel. And the bees were bringing out these objects. On a couple occasions it did look like mites. The others I'm not sure. But I, I got to wonder what was so important that they needed to take care of this on a cooler day in February. Um, they're either really good into hygiene and it was just, you know, something that they they were doing, uh, keeping the house clean, or um, they were mites and they were just uh, self-cleaning each other. I have no idea. Um, we'll be interested to keep track of this hive too and see how it survives. I was worried about it because there were so many bees in November. I don't know where they're living right now, but they're still surviving, and uh, uh, we'll have to wait and see. So have a look at the YouTube video at our YouTube channel if you'd like. I slow it down and see what you can come up with is what you think it is that uh, that the bees are carrying out the hive in February of all times. I want to give you a couple updates, too. If you remember um, a month or two ago, I had done that. I had completed the diathesis stress model for honey beehive failure. Basically, what it is is looking at different variables that may be triggering uh, genetics to cause the bees to either survive or not. And there was an important one called habitat, which the science is pretty clear on that if your bees don't have good diverse sources of food and plants for propolis and water it's it could stress them out and cause obviously they could not make it and cause other problems so i started thinking about the people i know who keep bees what is the major um, factor that triggers them in putting bees in a certain spot everything from bees in backyards to bees on roofs of buildings in toronto to bees out in the country on farms we don't really spend a lot of time thinking about habitat. So what I've been doing in the last couple of weeks, and in fact, late last night even, is looking at ways to measure um, the habitat within a two-mile radius of our farm and uh, uh, something that you might think of doing. Um, that is a challenge. Now, we, we droned our property and um, last year and we have 4,260 pictures of our 50 acres that now has to be woven together to give us an indication of what's happening here. But the point of all that is we need to find a way to sort of check that box for uh, habitat. The second is to be able to look at the entrances of hives, uh, the bee activity, and get some indication of health using AI technology. And I'm working on that problem. 
And the third, I've reached out but haven't heard back from companies that have a company, a specific company that's a leader in providing air pollution monitoring. Now, they haven't gotten back to me if, what specific pesticides they can keep track of, but think of this for a minute. If we can put up monitors around our areas, around our hives, now, it won't really help us with the forage part because, remember, bees can go up to two miles or more to, to find food. And you can't account and you can't start putting sensors on it. And it's also very expensive, I understand. So trying to figure out a way to get some data on the uh, state of the air that is coming and any drift from local farmers um, that might be causing our bees to be weak. Remember, you don't need a lethal dose of pesticides to kill your bees because it can happen two months later after exposure, three months later. Um, and then you might write it off as being, well, they just absconded or it's, you know, I've got too many mites. Well, if you believe in the diathesis stress and if you read the science, you know that the one factor that we often think is the problem isn't the problem, that it's a combination of things. And this is kind of what happened if you think back to our human history. But there was a lot of discussion that, you know, COVID, COVID took out a number of people, killed millions of people. Well... A closer look at the data tells you it was one of the factors, but there are many other factors as well that uh, caused um, the disease to be lethal. And, and it's a diathesis stress model because we see this in our honeybee hives who, who either do or don't make it. So one of the challenges in looking at the video that, that I have put up now is to, to make sense of it. So how do we really know what the bees are carrying out? How, why would they be grooming? And those are winter bees. Uh, because we're still cold here. We're probably, oh, I'd say six weeks before any trees are going to bud, and maybe a bit, depending on the uh, March that we get, but probably, I'm quite sure, these are all winter bees. So what are they doing? Uh, if you can have a look at the video and, and let us know. I think they're grooming, and they're, and they're so uh, clean-orientated or so focused on keeping everything clean that that's probably going to help them survive but we'll see We're, the plan is to split them in the spring and hopefully um, let that uh, genetic or that behavior continue so this is hank for the wildflower bee farm so uh, this time of the year it's it's challenging sometimes to try to keep everybody motivated because in this part of the country we're in february lots of snow um, you know, the bees are still huddled up on most days, but uh, I've got some great things to talk about every week, and, and they may be a bit shorter because we're not reviewing specifics of what's happening here in the farm, but uh, lots of topics to go through before we get to the what we call the growing season in April. You have an amazing day, and we'll talk soon. To learn more about our project, make sure you go to wildflowerbeefarm.com. There you can find further information on the latest research articles we've put out, find out where you can pick up some t-shirts and all the other interesting things we're doing on the farm. That's wildflowerbeefarm.com.